The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome lockdowns radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, I screwed it up. (laughs) Heelandtoeapparel.com Heel&Toe Apparel is all about making clothes for people who love to drive. They're all about the manual transmission, and we support that. I don't know what else to say about them that we haven't said before. They make the coziest shirts cool sweatshirts the raddest hats they have a really cool new camo trucker hat i love the the new heel and toe badge logo or i guess you call it a shield logo and those shirts look really cool and uh yeah they've been making our rally shirts for the past geez i don't even know now at this point it's like 10 rallies or something and everyone is better than the next i swear it's like everyone is my favorite shirt and this last batch is the same thing we did the sierra rally rewind and they made us some really cool shirts black with gold and uh, i'm in i'm in love with them i think i i took three of them for myself so uh yeah check out heel and toe apparel.com forward slash dwa and use the code dwa at checkout to get 20 percent off your order support those that support us check out heelandtoeapparel.com forward slash dwa check us out and show your support at patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome as well as you know giving us a little support for this uh weekly podcast we provide we also give you some cool benefits like free sticker packs discounts on Things in our store like the license plate stickers, license plate frames, rally hats, a bunch of other stuff. You also get early access to DWA rallies if you're in the area and events like Camping Wall Awesome. Check it out at patreon.com forward slash driving wall awesome. Welcome to Driving Wall Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Lane. Uh, Bart. And we have a hot hot episode almost as hot as chicago radwood chicago nothing is that hot going here right i mean you have to (laughs) i don't think so dude sahara maybe Uh, i've been in a lot of hot places and that uh that might have taken the cake although i will say we were sort of forced to be out in the sun in a parking lot for long periods of time which if i was in like africa or you know death valley i would found shelter and <laughs> such as the Iraqs. Um, yeah. But yeah, call in if you've uh, you know been to Saudi Arabia in a heat wave, because I hear that's one of the hottest. When, yeah, years ago, I met these girls that were from Kuwait and they told me it was like 50 degrees Celsius in the summer. And I remember looking it up and it was like 122 or 123 Fahrenheit. Uh, and I'm like, how do you survive? And they're like, we just don't go out during the day. Like we just, yeah. and if you do, you are going from one air conditioned space to the next and you, that's how you roll. And 
uh, when you can't, you walk in the shade, literally. <laughs> and uh, like, they're all, you know, it's like you plan your day around it. Right? And a lot of these bigger cities have like, obviously like uh, way better infrastructure, like walk in tunnels from one building to the next and all sure. that kind of shit. But it's like, it's But here's insane. the thing, is it muggy? That's a, that's, that adds a whole other layer, right? Yeah. For sure. It yeah. has a layer of wet of water. Um, yeah. Dude, because I've hung out in, I've been in like Palm Springs at a, in 113 and, you know, sat by the pool under an umbrella. Not and it's so like, bad. Not that bad. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And this was like, I mean, you're just like, you walk outside and it wasn't 100 degrees. It was like 90 something. And you walk yeah. outside and you're like hit with this. You're, it's like you're stepping into a sauna, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's, so, like a sauna. it's like a sauna. Yeah. That, you know, although this is weird and I mean, maybe I'm the, you know, I'm the odd man out here, but I actually do like humidity if I'm just wearing shorts. Like it's like a nice balmy feeling, but, but if you're wearing clothes and shirts and socks and that, then you get soaking wet and you're like really uncomfortable. But if you're just like in balmy, nice, humid weather, it's like, I don't know. I kind of like it. Nice, humid weather. I don't know. That, yeah. Those words don't, this is such an artism right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember feeling this way in Hong Kong once and I was like going into the pool and it was like really humid and hot out. And I'm like, and again, there was a pool nearby that helped. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, there's cool, an option. Cool, but, cool water and shade and yeah. drinks. I mean, that's, you can definitely put up with it, but uh, yeah. So, I do feel like uh, sort of, you know, California snowflakes here talking about this stuff, but all the locals on this particular day in Chicago said it was the hottest day of the year and the most humid. So it was uh, 104 degrees was the heat index, but that does not take into account being in direct sunlight and on a concrete parking lot all day. So yeah, we're going to call like it 130 the... degrees. Is the are, are we glad? It, are we glad it wasn't asphalt? Oh, dude. Yes. Because Vegas, <laughs> Vegas, was, Vegas yeah. was asphalt. It was a hundred. Yeah. And it was on asphalt and but not humid, not humid. And it, and that was, that was a really tough show. Um, yeah. Not during the day. We, we did it later, but I think we started at the peak like heat and then it's yeah, four o'clock or something. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we have Radwood to sh- Chicago to catch up on for sure. I just saw this too. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen has announced his retirement. Yep. Sure you guys are yeah. saw that earlier. Yeah. I'm uh, so that means that. Uh, the announcement that Botos is joining Alpha is coming very soon. Ah, you needed a secured seat, right? Um, yeah. Dude, I actually like. I was. I think it was on WTF one, like on their Instagram feed. Like everyone's like, "Oh, sad face. It sucks, man. What a nightmare." What? Fuck. You know? And I'm like, I'm like, this is great news. Like, I'm, yeah. like he was totally checked out. Like, yeah. you know, he's done. He had a great run. He's moving on, and he's fucking vacating a seat for someone else that's hungry, right? Like, it's like. That's yeah. rad. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was all positive all around. Like, I mean, I, I, I love the guy and he's a character, but he had like, a good run. Yeah. yeah. Good run. Okay. Uh, so rad with Chicago to catch up on. Um, I have some project car updates. We might have time for this week <laughs> and uh, anything else that comes up and is on your mind. Um, just holler, huh? Holler. Mahaler. Mahaler. Mahaler, my dude. My dude. Uh, but first, should we get into some questions? Let's dive got. in. Let's dive. Let's do it. Let's do this. Let's see if uh, Instagram's cooperating. No, it is not. All right. Uh, Kyle JF90 says, "What car has the weirdest or worst ergonomics that makes you get behind the wheel and go, what were they thinking?" 
I'll start. Uh, Ferrari 512TR has a very offset pedal box. And the first time I drove one was was very uh, hard to understand what they were thinking. Obviously, the packaging has everything to do with that, but it's very common, um, especially in that era. But nowadays, you you don't have that issue, and they figured it out. But it is uh, quite noticeable. So yeah, I will say that. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. Say... A lot of those because the wheel well, right? All those mid-engine cars from that era with the wheel well were right up in your shit, right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, going on that, I think any Italian car from that era is just weird. The Italian uh, ape, they call it, right? Short yeah. legs, big arms, you know? Flat steering wheel. Uh, steering wheel is very vertical, I guess, or horizontal. More um, like a bus, yeah. Yeah, like a bus. So you're reaching really far, you know, you're, you're, it changes so much in the middle of a turn, how you're reaching and everything. It's a pretty awkward driving position yeah um yeah that's uh is it is it worse than a flat floor xke uh, i've never i've never driven one i've sat in one that's uh, pretty bad um those are about the dashboards that have a surface texture to them that reflect in the sun Have you ever experienced that i can't mm -hmm. think of the there's some car i drove i want to say it was like a modern bmw maybe or Anyways, it had a horrible glare a lot, like often. That's not really ergonomics, but no, it was just a, a very annoying trait. 996s have a really annoying glare. Um, they have this little like sensor on the dash. Oh, yeah. And it, and it has a black, like a shiny, just like a polished black cover on it. And that thing, it has a very annoying glare off the dash because you kind of always see it in the windshield. It's kind of bothersome. Mm. Uh, and I was going to throw out um, E36s are very weird as far as driving position. Oh, really? I really like them. Yeah, I feel really so comfortable. You, um, <laughs> well, your body is tilted to the left. So if you sit in an E36, the seat points towards the, the front left fender. It, like, it is not straight on with the car. And so then the steering. Yeah. And then the steering wheel points towards the driver. So it's not vertical. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not perpendicular with the car either. It's actually cantered. So the right side is more towards you than the left. So if you're sitting in it, your left arm is reaching out more than your right. If you're just sitting in it at, you know, um, yeah, it's a very strange a lot of um, little tweaks, right? Is what you're saying. Like in every, uh, all the different. <laughs> everything is tweaked, dude. And then they, they make the binnacle is also tilted towards you. But then the, so the actual gauges are tilted towards the left, towards you because, or towards the way the steering wheel sits. But then you're sitting the opposite way. And then they make the binnacle around the gauges flat. So if you look, there's different distances on each side. Like clearly that's a, that's a good way to see how different, how off it is. Mm. Um, it's a it's a crazy scene in there, dude. For for especially for a modern car, you know, somewhat modern car. Crazy scene. Yeah. Huh. And there's some other stuff I'm forgetting. Um, hard plastics, like where your knee touches the center uh, tunnel. Um, mm -hmm. That's always annoying to me. Yeah. Um, I don't have specific examples, but you know. 
I mean, a lot of old cars just have really bad air, like not, you know, any air-cooled 911 has awful ergonomics as far as like where buttons are put and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Right, like yeah, the well, heat in the middle and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not intuitive at all. It's like, but unless, once you know what it is, it makes sense. Like, oh, you're lifting a flap or whatever, right? But it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> what is that down there? Um, yeah. yeah, dude, I actually like, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head, except for those big, you know, those, yeah, of course, the the, the mid-engine, uh, especially mid-engine Italian cars of the 80s and 70s and 80s are, were really bad. Uh, but the the one that thing that stands out for me is just like how people drive in weird positions, you know, like where you see people with like their seats either super straight up or like way, way too reclined. And like that that type of shit is always really weird for me. Like um, my, my mother-in-law drove our Cayenne like a, a few months ago. and um, and so, you know, she drove the car for the day, came back and the seat was like, not only was it all the way forward, but it was like tilted forward. Like the, it was like, like Falling, I was sliding like, off the seat towards the I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like hovering over my <laughs> dash. It was yeah. like my head almost in the headliner. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, and like so dangerous, and, too. But like, I guess she like she's like high up and wanted because she's used to driving a Mini Cooper and she like is low and felt weird. I don't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't ask her, but it was really weird. <laughs> That's and, I, I can imagine Art asking her like, "What the fuck's going on here?" <laughs> it's a total shit show. Uh, first yeah. of all, yeah. <laughs> M squared eighty one says, uh, "What's your wheel hunting strategy? Finding period correct wheels seems like finding a needle in a haystack." That's very true. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. eBay all day long. There's a lot of a lot of really cool shit coming out of Eastern Europe if you um, are willing to wait. Um, and trust. <laughs> and trust. Yeah, I mean, you can see, you know, the, the, for the most part, you know, the people there have a lot of reviews and like have and they know they they have a good uh, systemic business or whatever consistent business. But um, the other one is uh, you're not gonna like it. But Facebook Marketplace, uh, I actually found a set of very rare, nice BBS wheels for my e or for my uh, 2002 on Facebook Marketplace. You have to sift through a lot of garbage, but um, you can find some needles in that haystack. I think it helps to have a, a good target in mind because if you're just going four by 100 and start going through the oh, lift, no. it gets yeah, pretty tough. But yeah, if you know, yeah. kind of have an inkling of what you want to you know what you're searching for that helps a lot so but yeah dude it's really hard and then you know there's offsets concerns which gets really tricky i mean art and i think lane is pretty good at you know wheel offset stuff but even then it's it's kind of this black magic the black magics as they say yeah and then there's always like differing opinions online and all that like yeah it totally fits and yeah, and then you put you know, cars are all kind of different and spacers and then wheel type or I mean mm -hmm. tire type. Um, just, there's a lot of factors. So it is it is yeah. very tough. And I do I do feel um, M squared's pain here, but find out what you're looking for. Uh, you know, get like a couple that you that you know you like the style of, and then uh, like Art said, just keep going down all those rabbit holes and um, Yeah. Another Craig's rabbit hole that, that I went down on. Yeah, Craigslist is definitely an option. Um, the one that, that especially if you're specific like that and you know exactly what you want, uh, Instagram hashtags. So um, like if you want a four by 100 TE37, a lot of people that sell them will tag it as such, right? So um, you can find it that way. I did find a bunch of wheels that way that I didn't end up buying that I was kind of interested in, but um, that's one way to do it. 
there's some guys in Indonesia, I forget the account names, but there's three of them and they're kind of monopolizing that market. Like they're importing a oh, ton yeah. of JDM wheels and, and like Recaro seats and, and seats. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, they bring them in from Japan or from Europe and then they, they resell them from there and they like, re they refurbish them basically and then sell them. Um, but they have a ton of cool stuff and it's not, you know, it's reasonably priced. Yeah. But coming from there. So you have to wait. Yeah. I think my, my thing with like, I'm not as like adventurous as like say art with wheels. I think like uh, <clears throat> for the most part, there's like four different styles that look good on most cars. And that's kind of like how I look at it. So um as far as like overall style, like a five spoke is always good. And then it's kind of like choosing which one you want. And uh, um, I don't know, kind of going with tried and true kind of classics, you know, that aren't going to age yeah. out basically, I guess. What you are know? you doing over there, Lane? Are you, are you clicking and clacking as I'm hearing? Uh, I don't think I'm making any noise. Are you Lane's, uh, Lane's on the telex right now. That's what he's doing. <laughs> If you're clicking keys, I'm hearing your noise. I don't know if you are. I'm not noise. clicking keys. <laughs> it's like a kid at fucking school where you're like, <laughs> put down the papers. Like, oh no, I'm not even touching it. It's just on my knee. Well, yeah. I don't know. Am I clicking key? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah I'm not. Seriously. Take your hands. Put your hands up. Put your hands up right now. Okay, leave them there. All right. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Big Fat Flip says, "How many headlights is enough?" When does it go from rally to gaudy? Will LED lights ever be a legit rally mod? Dude, what the hell? Period, like, that's... period is very uh, important of what you're trying to mod, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I can't like, if it's like a legit rally setup, I think, you know, I've seen some that have eight and it looks fucking killer, but it's functional. And it, it's, as you said, period, correct. Right. Like in the right place and in, in the right location. Um, I don't have an answer for all cars, right? Every car is different. Like some eight, eight, you know, eight rally lights on some cars might look terrible and it might look great on some. So, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I think also the type of led light, the, the way that the LEDs, like how big they are, how they're fit within the housing, um, all that stuff plays a factor, right? Like there's some, have like a red ring around the outside or some like, you know, weird kind of chrome or gaudiness to them so that's that's super important i mean i don't know if people are doing like marshall rally lamps with leds retrofitted or anything like that i mean i guess you could just put an led bulb in anything but um then you're dealing with ballasts and all sorts of stuff like that too so yeah and that's not that's not a bad look if you're just doing that but it also doesn't it's not taking advantage of the led light and spreading it yeah it needs to be spread right so right right that's right. like a that's a big thing yeah, yeah, and I then you're just most... and that is just a bunch of glare, right? Like it's like not yeah. actually focused correctly and all that. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I see what you mean though. Like, I mean, I think yeah, I I, I especially don't like like you know, there's people in our community that that have these that have the modern LED light in a classic car that have like the black back like kind of housing oh. or whatever inside, and like it just it just doesn't look good at all. I know it's very functional, but like it just looks like shit to me. Like I, I, I think if it's a more classic looking light, um, you're better off for sure. Yeah. But, um, and there was actually a, a car at Radwood, Chicago. It was a 82 Toyota Corolla hatchback, yellow with uh, louvers on the, the back and stuff. Oh, and yeah. that, 
it was a uh, it was very clean and obviously very well loved and a cool car, um, but it had quite a few modern touches. One of which was the least uh, desirable for me was the headlights had like an LED orange uh, ring around these hor- uh, rectangular headlights, and it just t- it's like seeing um, a modern car in a vintage movie, you know, or, or like a period piece. And it takes mm-hmm. you out of the movie like immediately. You're like Lane had pointed this out. He was watching a movie and they had, I don't know, a mo- modern motorcycle. Um, in, in a 1950s movie. In a 1950s movie, they had like a Brand modern. Brand new two-stroke um, motorcycle. Yeah, off-road motorcycle. <laughs> and uh, so immediately you start like doubting the the movie and the actual accuracy of it. And so that's what happens with cars like this. It had a modern TRD badge on the back and mm. like, fairly modern, you know, mini light yeah. looking wheels, black. Anyways, this, yeah. those little details make a huge difference. And that's kind super of nice car too, by the way, like it was if super it, nice. If you did a couple of little things like, and it had rad like period Recaros, he had now and laters in the middle of the dash. I mean, he was, it was, it was cool, but yeah, just mm-hmm. like there's definitely, I, I feel you dude, a few of those things. Yeah, and so yeah. rallywides are that way as well. So if you have a period car, like let's say 2002 or something, and then you put these modern LED rally lights, it ruins it completely. So, yeah, yeah. Total, so, total anachronism. Yeah. So Brian, who's asking, he had a Ford Focus RS with a rally of the light bar on mounted to the hood uh, with LEDs. What did you guys think about that look? uh modern car modern lights didn't bother yeah, me at all i didn't think it, i thought it looked kind of cool i mean it was one of the you know it's like the modern bar yeah, um, yeah. also yeah it would have to mm-hmm. really need it to want that level of lighting i mean i don't know how bad those focus lights mm-hmm. are i would think they'd be pretty decent yeah but you could you could justify that stuff you live like you live in the woods like on one of you know say say one of the, you know where ruben lives or something like that that would be a nice addition, yeah. yeah. Like going yeah. out and mm-hmm. and like being able to see that deer that's way off in the distance and stuff, and not having to not encountering a lot of cars. So you would have them on, you know, yeah. you go on a run at midnight, and you just want all the light you can get. And they could be like, "What's up, deer?" Yeah, what's yeah. up, dude? Oh, what's up? You so you could see them before you hit them. Then yeah, um, yeah. there you go. Analog smog says favorite video game consoles of the Radwood era. Wasn't there only like two? Uh, oh, Atari too. Uh, Atari Super. So there's Atari, Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Oh, there's so many. It goes all. The, I'm, I'm thinking the yeah. 80s, dude. It goes into the 90s. And there's also all the Sega stuff. There's yeah, a ton yeah. of different Sega. Sega. Uh, yeah, when did the uh, Dreamcast come out? 99. 9999. <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> because that's Sega. like the one of the most iconic like. Cam- Marketing campaigns ever nine nine ninety nine man the little swirl. I um, never played a Dreamcast ever. ever. Whoa! All right, I'm going I'm, Dreamcast. I've never played one. Dreamcast, your favorite? They're really not. They were fucking cool. I mean, they were like the first like sixty four FPS like console, I think, right? So like they were super smooth and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. I I, I have to go Super Nintendo. I mean, it's like, it's time and place, right? It's like, it's my age at the time, like what I was in, like how stoked I was when I got one in like in 91. Cool too. For my birthday, I got one. Um, and yeah, just Mario Kart, dude. That was like a really big Mario Kart was the best, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. I played Street Fighter on there. I played, uh, you know, yeah. Super Mario World deep in and the Lane, night. 
I think Lane's a Neo Geo guy. Is that right, Lane? Never. Neo Geo's rad. Oh, that's the one with all the games and one, like a one console thing or something, or one one cartridge. Um, I never played that. I remember it at the. They had those at like do mini market and stuff, but uh, (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing you could buy. Oh, you mean no? They had they had cartridges. Like you get get one for your house. There was a console. Um, I feel that's what I'm saying. I don't remember. There being a console, I just remember the Neo they Geo. They were really, really expensive. Um, mm. But yeah, there was the TurboGrafx 16s. The, the Sega Master System was was the competitor to the NES. I had one of those. Um, I didn't have a Genesis, uh, but my cousins did, so I usually used to hit their their spot up for that. But, but Genesis, or sorry, yeah, Genesis had killer games. I mean, there were so many good games on that console. Um, dude, it had Sonic. That was like dude, Sonic R type. Um, I don't know what yeah, you're talking about right now. Killer Instinct. Um, but I do remember being jealous because my my one of my my best friend had uh, Genesis and he had Sonic and I didn't have Sonic, dude. And I was like pretty jealous. It was a good one, sure. And then there was like this little battle of like people would claim Sega was better than Super Nintendo, you know, whatever Nintendo or whatever. And then I don't know, dude. But I, I I'm with you on. I kind of want to go with just regular Nintendo, just because that was like. I remember that was like the first console I ever played, and I never had one, but I always wanted one. Mm, uh, yeah, so my, my, I was never allowed to have one. Um, yeah. And then I was finally, the first console I ever had was a Super Nintendo, and that was pretty rad because, you know, we were used to going to the, like, the little market to play Street Fighter for like 25 bucks, 25 cents a play, and then all of a sudden we could have it in our in our hands dude that was a big deal like yeah yeah you know to, yeah for sure and and, nope. and mario kart was super fun uh, yeah, i never mortal played kombat. mortal kombat really was, oh yeah that one was a big mortal one kombat. they were big yeah and, for sure and the uh the one the i don't know i mean i don't want to say it's a tie i mean ps1 was extreme it was a really really big deal for me like um you know resident evil early on and of course gran turismo oh, yeah, you're talking about rad racer all kinds of cool shit uh, but um, I just feel like the the nostalgia, the warm and fuzzies are, are very, very strong for the Super Nintendo. But um, yeah. I would say PS1 a close second. Um, have you heard the intro music, that sound for the PS1 recently? Um, it's uh, it's so good. It's like that. It's like almost like um like wind chimes or something. And it's, it's really cool. I have not heard it. Um, was was PS1 also a DVD player? Or was that only PS2? No, PS2. PS2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, play CD. you can play music on PS1, though. Magic Q-Ball says, you've probably covered this before, but why on earth is every aftermarket truck and SUV or Jeep wheel design just absolutely the gaudiest designs on earth? It's a great question. I think they look good. He has a, a little barf after that. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's a great question. We have covered it. And uh, the ones that bother me the most are the flat spoked, like let's say it's a five spoke flat spoke. They're all black, of course, with like stars and bolts and all that. But then there's a second spoke, like two layers of spokes. You know what I'm talking about? I, I don't know yeah, how to yeah, describe yeah. it really. Yeah, like the like the Audi Allroads had those stacked spokes, which were a pain in the ass to yes. clean, right? Yeah, yes. something like that. It's like that, but just so gross and thin looking and just, I don't get it at all. It's kind of reminds me of uh, big RV graphics. There's just mm-hmm. no tasteful. I was going to, I was going to mention that. It's like, 
Same reason Winnebago hasn't changed their graphics or whatever. Yeah, but people go and buy these things. Like they go out of their way yeah. to take the wheels off and buy these dude. heavy. Yep. Yeah, wheels. dude, they're popular. And yeah. you know what's a big, a big thing for me too is like you know how I hate fake vents, and it's just like fake bead lockers, dude. Like worst. Why are worst. you faking? Why are you pretending, dude? I don't, I don't understand that whole like yeah. look. I've, I've said yeah, it before. But, I got. I think I even got a little flack from you guys because I said that I hate fake BBRSs, like BBSRSs, like multi-piece wheels. Like the fake multi-piece wheels bother me so much. Like it's oh, just like that adding on bullshit, like for nothing. You know, yeah. like, those are so annoying. Um, but yeah, I think there are very few out there. I mean, fifteen fifty-two makes a good, um, like solid-looking um, off off-road, you know, truck wheel. They have a few. They have like a thick kind of. I think from what I recall, it's like a T37 looking style. And yeah. then they have that one that looks like a steely that's aluminum, which is super rad. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. I, I guess it kind of goes with, it's, it's a, it's, it's the market, right? Like, I mean, the majority of people that drive those, that drive big trucks want gaudy, flashy shit. Those sell, you know, volume wise. And like, the rest of the, yeah, yeah. The people who are looking for the functional, you know, cooler, simpler design are the minorities. So there just aren't as many, unfortunately. Um, I don't know where else to look. Does like, do, are, is Rotiform or anyone else make cool shit? Uh, I don't know. Rotiform doesn't really make anything good in general, right? Ooh, Rotiform but, makes cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, not good wheels, though. They're bad wheels. Um, I don't know about the quality. Um, yeah. But... They basically just break when you look at them. Uh, <laughs> Noye Classics says, You've had it with DWA and Radwood and decided to become part of the gig economy as a rideshare driver. What European car do you choose? You can only choose a European car. So for those, they have to be 2010 and newer? What is it, five? I don't know, it probably changes, right? Is it rolling? I think it's a rolling thing. I think it's 10 years. So let's just say 2011 or newer Mm -hmm. um, is required. So newer car, um, you, a lot of factors coming into play here. Like very, you, yeah, I'd, I'd probably want to be an Uber X driver because I feel like you probably get a better clientele. Yeah. Uh, I also don't. I also want decent fuel economy in that class, but I also want something that isn't a totally awful car to drive, and I want something reliable. So that's right. You're trying to like hit all these marks. I know, I know. Um, I mean, it's boring, but part of me goes to just a TDI Volkswagen of some variety. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like a, the last, well, they still make TDI? Uh, Golf no. All tracks? No, they don't, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe the last of the Golf Wagon TDI? I think it was like a weird kind of yeah. end of the era car. Be like a 2014 or something yeah but that's not super high end high market i mean but you could probably hmm, i don't know if that would even hit the uber x right yeah exactly or do you go a uh, cayenne um hybrid oh or cayenne diesel or a cayenne diesel but then reliability is not cayenne diesel is probably not that bad really yeah <laughs> I don't know. Things that's a lot of lot of shit to go wrong. 
but you know comparatively you're talking about all those are kind of in the same realm right you know out yeah. q5 q7s um similar stuff what about you art any uh, anything come to mind yeah i mean i was thinking more like um the, like a highlander uh highlander hybrid something like that like um, those are actually they're pretty nice they're 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 not that big but they're spacious and comfortable and the good thing about uh, those they're super european oh scheiße <laughs> they're like the most european, european car i mean they're you know yeah, it's, it's basically a Lexus, so it's super, basically, super European. It, it's basically a, uh, exactly. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. What does okay. what is that? Is there some shit? No, no Audi, huh? I'm trying to think of um that uh like maybe there's like a Q5. Yeah, like because I mean if we're talking fuel economy, otherwise I mean I might just go like just like fun performance to drive around the city and <laughs> get like an sq5 but um panamera hybrid it's really expensive um base base model 2011 s class base model 20 yeah so you don't have the panoramic sunroof or any of that bullshit you just yeah. kind of some big uh -huh. rubber on those little wheels and yeah. uh, you can charge more um, and it's a nice place to be all day long and they're pretty damn cheap compared to what else is out there so yeah i don't know what, what would teal go with That's the question um all right last question byron in space uh says oh no question so just uh that's it um but a huge thank you for radwood chicago it was super cool to meet you guys and hang out a bit. I appreciate you guys facilitating a little car lounge uh, get together. Beers on me at the next Radwood event I can make in California. You all are legends. Dude, thanks, man. It was nice to meet you. And uh, Byron came to dinner with us as well. Um, super nice dude. And uh, it was nice to meet a bunch of people. Actually, we met some podcast listeners. What's up, Mr. Propane in the house? Yeah. And, uh, some other folks. Um, it was great. So thank you. And uh, we hope to see you at another Radwood event soon. That was super fun. Um, and I guess that's a uh, time to go into Radwood, Chicago. So um, whew, I'm trying to think where to start, but uh, uh, it was hot. It was hot. It was a <laughs> good, a good, uh, smooth event. Um, I think the heat was a huge factor. So um we had to actually wrap up the show a little earlier than usual just because um people are starting to roll out and i don't blame them one bit so um but we did have a we had a few different things at the show that we hadn't done before one of which was a live band we had a 90s cover band um from the area and they were they were pretty good um although their uh, catalog was pushing into the 2000s quite a bit <laughs> yeah yeah it was a little questionable there's some funny songs there's like Avril Lavigne's playing and it's like a 2002 song or something and everyone's like man where were you when this song came on remember this <laughs> 80s classic and it's, you know. but, yeah. uh, no, it was fun though added a little vibe to the event and those poor bastards no shade oh they they're provided such dummies no tent at all and uh they had another outdoor concert to play right after ours I don't know what they were thinking but uh, hopefully they survived no heat stroke 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So um, anyways, uh, car wise, there was some uh, really cool standout stuff, as well as just like the kind of more common preserved cars that we don't see a lot in our area. Um, but I think we could start with kind of like the knockout stuff, which was um, the cars that Haggerty uh, represented in their uh, with their um, garage and social folks that brought a couple of 928s out and one of which won Radis import. So Lane can probably speak to that a little bit. Um, I don't know much about it, really. It's a um, Strosic 928 and it was a 1982 model. So it was a, you know, early-ish, the early body style 928 with this uh, really crazy Strosic body kit. And uh, yeah, dude, it definitely like epitomized the era of rad for sure. It was, it had a, it had the factory spoiler and then it had a wing on top of that. And, um, you know, side strikes and all the, all the good stuff going on. It was, it was pretty cool. And at first they had it uh, parked back behind a wall or in front of a wall. And then they moved it out kind of in the middle of the show. I, I asked them to do that. <laughs> yeah. So that was a great call because it looked really good just being like front and center. Yeah. It deserved that for sure. And uh, yeah. And then next to that, um, another red car um, from uh, Fletcher Jones Audi out there in Chicago. Uh, and I don't know who brought it actually. I'm not sure if I actually met the owner, but uh, uh, New German Performance. New uh, German Performance. Yeah. yeah. Those guys right. are rad. Very rad. Um, so Audi Sport Quattro. Um, which kind of the pinnacle of the era, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's funny because like, I didn't see, I, I didn't go to the show. Unfortunately I had a Costco run that I had to go to, uh, but you know, <laughs> we've seen a few of these around and we saw the Canepa car. We saw the car that the guys over at Hilltop brought to the um, uh, Sonoma speed festival space that we had. And like, they're all, you know, preserved identical cars, right? So um, they've got the white wheels, they've got the red exterior, the black interior. And um, and so I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to announce this. I think it's kind of funny. Um, the pictures that I posted ahead of the event were not of that car because it didn't matter. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, oh. Found some, I found some really like old pictures from a European car magazine that, from like 2009 or 10. I'm like, these guys are not going to fucking come, come after us, you know? <laughs> that's classic they, like you know it was one of these last minute things like they didn't have the right photos and i'm like dude we got to make the announcement so we just threw that one up and um and like you know they all look the same right so it's all good <laughs> yeah yeah you definitely um, got everyone because no one no one called that out <laughs> but yeah it's uh they're actually like um extremely rare cars though so it's like i was talking to people about it and they're like oh my god like they were blown away that it, they, they got to see one in person right for the first time yeah. it's, it, we're lucky we we you know we we've been around a few but they're so rare um yeah incredibly cool and it's one of those cars you have to know what it is to appreciate it right so many people would walk by that thing and just go ah you know whatever old audi but it's so unique and special so that's rad yeah very cool car um and then optima brought uh optima batteries brought their amg c43 which um had 460,000? 80 something, yeah. 80 something. Yeah. 46 or something. 486,000 original miles and original drivetrain, transmission, rear end, 
engine, all of that. All He said he'd just done suspension. So it was a lady's car that drove it from Santa Barbara to Newport Beach every day um, and just kept maintenance up. And uh, there it was at Chicago. So pretty, pretty amazing. Um, I've seen an E55 in that similar mileage range, which is just goes to show you those early AMG cars, I think were uh, very well put together. Yeah, yeah, by the way, that was a C36, not a C36. Oh, C36. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So the first, it was the first pre post-merger AMG car ever, is that right. that model. Right. And so that's why what I was going to say is I think they had a they had a proven point, right? Like this was the first time, the first car they make officially as part of the company. So I think they definitely went above and beyond. Um, yeah, they're super cool cars. And that car is actually going to make a presence and uh, at a bunch of our events here moving forward. So uh, the plan is to actually... To, they're going to drive it to all of the events and try to add more miles because they want it. They want to hit half a million um, by the end of the year if they can. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, good, I'm like, good luck. It's a lot of miles, right? Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a cool cool car. Dude, it kind of makes me want one. You know, I don't know why that factor is just uh, kind of pushes it over the edge for me. I'm not. I've never really like really lusted after them, but mm-hmm. when I hear that stat and just knowing how the high the build quality is, it's very appealing. They're not cheap. I'll say that for a, a low mileage one, they're still in the twenties, but um, yeah, that's a, a really cool car. So they're um, they're, they lack a little to me for me, yeah. but I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of like AMG light too. But, oh, for sure. Um, I mean, like you drive them and they're just like, Oh, okay. It's yeah. Like automatic it just C-class, like, feels yeah. like if you didn't know it was an AMG, you wouldn't even think anything of it really. Right. Right. Uh, but I mean, yeah, they're built well and stuff. Um, so uh, all those cars were of that era, you know, all the Mercedes were built absolutely. pretty well. So uh, that leads me to uh, Acura and their display was pretty rad. Um, so obviously the news is out on the new Integra, which is making an appearance maybe in November. We're not sure, but uh, until then, um, they are pumping Integras. So they brought a very nice uh, yellow Integra Type R and the Cunningham uh, real-time racing Integra Type R from the Speed Vision days. Um, was that the Speed Vision World Challenge? What do they call that series? I think, oh, I think so, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Um, God, it's such an iconic car. Uh, for, for me, at least, I mean, I was like in high school and watching those races when I could. And uh, it was sort of the achievable race car of the day. You know, it was, it was kind of the underdog and uh, really, really cool to see in person. It's so nicely preserved or restored. I, I couldn't. Yeah, that car has to be restored, right? I was thinking about that. Too, too nice, right? Yeah. And I'm so glad they did and didn't just, you know, get rid of it and have it disappear because it is a very iconic um, car. So those sitting next to each other uh, was very cool. Phoenix yellow, is that right? Yeah, the the other car, yeah. The one that yeah, the other uh, Type R. And that, yeah, that car was so nice. That car is like perfect, right? That car is it's, it's a museum piece. Yeah, it's like in their yeah. vault. And I think it has like 5,000 miles on it. They, in the last right. year or so, they've been loaning it out to a bunch of journalists to like actually drive. So I'm like, hey, put us down for that. And so um, we're going to make it happen. Awesome. Um, yeah, so the the there's a chance we can get it up here. I really would like to get it up here so we can drive it on our own roads. Otherwise, we can definitely do it when we do Radwood LA, like just like have it for a full day or something, maybe after. But hopefully we get a chance to keep it up here for a week. Um, 
because that would be super fun. I was really annoyed that it has like Dunlop DZ101s or something on there, which are kind of mediocre tires, but um, probably Reach. on par with what was, what was up. Yeah, <laughs> what was on there originally. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so then uh, that was interesting that they were there with those cars because uh, later in the show, the world-famous Mobile made an appearance at Radwood, Chicago. <laughs> Um, I need to post this video I took, but I had to walk the Mobile around the entire property to make sure they wouldn't run into anybody on this kind of pedestrian bike path thing. And uh, it was a very surreal experience because every single person that saw the car from their, from their car or on a bike stopped and took a picture. So they get their money's worth out of the advertising of those. There's six of them around the U.S. And uh, that is working because it was amazing. Every single person like pulling over on the side of the road, getting their phone out and taking a picture of the Wienermobile. So uh, we were able to recreate the, uh, the famous uh, Integra and Wienermobile picture, which uh, the advertisement, which we posted on Radwood Instagram. So if you're wondering what the heck we're talking about, you can go there. Um, but those guys couldn't have been nicer. And I think that their whole job is to be nice and talk about the Wienermobile. So yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. Out. Now, now more than ever, that's really worth their money, right? Because everybody's capturing and sharing. Yeah. So like, it's like viral, right? It's crazy. Right. Yeah. It's not so, just like handing out stuff because people are walking over to you at a show. Um, it's yeah. Everywhere they go, there's pictures of it. So um, hashtag Oscar Meyer Wienermobile. Um, but yeah, it was cool. So the, the guys at Acura brought down the yellow, uh, type R and then recreated that, uh, advertisement. So it was kind of cool to put that together and make that happen. Um, I was bummed. I never, I never made it down there. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot it was there and uh, I never ventured down to that, you know, that entrance basically. So I'm glad they, they had a good, uh, decent camera and, uh, we got some photos of it. So yeah, <laughs> all good. Uh no, I was just thinking, yeah, because like, you know, the reason we chose that venue is because of the backdrops and like, it's a really cool place. And it's, you know, there's a lot of operational reasons too for containment and parking and all that shit. But um, like, the big thing was Chicago skyline in the background, right? Like, it's a really makes for amazing photos and a cool environment. And um, I saw some comment about like, oh, yeah, it was so hot. We had a great show. But I kind of wish it was it was put in the garage downstairs. So it would oh, have been oh, people said that. We could literally put a show on in any parking garage, like anywhere. How about like, the airport? Like, we just do it at O'Hare, you know? Yeah, the there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they once I said, well, you know, the photos wouldn't look that great. They're like, oh, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> and, right. Well, I mean, the heat was intense, right? It so, I mean, yeah, I... I know people were going down to the lower deck to recover and then yeah. coming back up. <laughs> for for me, I would do like a lap of the show, take some pictures, come back to under a tent, like pound two waters, and then kind of do it again. And it, after like not that long, it was like dropping a knee to take pictures was like a very painful experience, you know, just because of like the exhaustion, basically. Yeah. Yeah. How many times did you pee? None. None. Yeah, all came out through, through your pores, yeah. huh? I was sweat. covered in uh, salt crystals at the end of it and um, just done for. Yeah, it was uh, brutal. Very yeah. brutal. 
Uh, all right, so I don't know how much more we want to talk about this, but we also had a mini truck show, uh, mini truck crew, I should say, too low flow. I keep getting the name wrong. It was hard to read because it's all, yeah, yeah. I it think it's too low flow. Numeral two, yeah. Too low flow and uh, out of Aurora, Illinois, and they had a pretty rad setup. Um, then Zuzu Pup and um, a bunch of other cool trucks, but one stood out. Even from the time we got the submissions and looked at this picture, I was like, that thing is definitely the one to beat for Radis truck. Um, and it did not get beat. So it was a, I don't know exactly the year, 85 blazer, uh, two door, but slammed with uh, shaved door handles and uh, French antenna and then really cool paint and just like had everything going for it. Like period, the like those twin uh, weird uh, wipers, you know, the like that, the oh, yeah, yeah. and um, cool like interior was a, that kind of tweed um, all period really cool so those was guys it a won. t-top or a, or a hollywood top was it like a full it's like, like a target oh. top kind of oh, oh it was out the center i, I think it was just like the whole roof came out oh okay yeah no no, no t-bar or whatever that's cool no yeah, it's just, like a tar full on target yeah and and i don't know if these are real iroc wheels but it has that style wheel right like the five yeah. slope chrome i'm IROC. sure they're real i don't think those are hard to come by <laughs> <laughs> no i mean but the sizing they made like fake oh, bigger yeah, ones. Yeah. They look oh big, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that thing is awesome, though, and those guys were great. They had their own setup. They were definitely well prepared. They had, you know, multiple coolers, and they had the like wraps around your neck to keep cool, and um, and they were super uh, stoked to win uh, the award. So, yeah, um, that was that was really cool. And he said he found the car on just a consignment lot that someone had given up on it and it needed a bunch of work, and he took it took it on and, and brought it back to life so that's awesome pretty rad Whoa. yeah yeah and i saw some other people talk like uh ryan wild in san diego he commented like that he that he all that he thought about buying it when it was for sale as oh, well. no way so yeah it's uh, definitely cool. yeah. we are suckers for mini trucks <laughs> i'm just gonna say that like <laughs> for won, sure they won the radisson show at like peterson which is one of our biggest and like most oh yeah amazing shows and we've uh we definitely and like i think vegas uh that low rider truck with yep. the articulating bed one so sad. so yeah it's if you have a mini truck come to radwood <laughs> we're we are kind of enamored by them right we are i mean it hits so many of the check box like it checks so many boxes you're just like it's it just looks so rad i don't know how else to describe it but yeah uh, exactly it's so of the era but yeah but and it has to be period correct i mean that's like we have yeah. to say that for sure yeah because yeah. there were a couple yeah. that had like really oversized chrome, like IROC wheels with like more uh, 2000s kind of graphics and it just doesn't work. Even the paint color of that Isuzu pickup, it had chrome wheels and stuff, but it was slammed, but it was a very vivid like Audi blue or something. And it just mm -hmm. doesn't work. It, you just yeah. look at it and you can tell. There was um, a, a gathering effort at their pit stop, I think they're called the pit stop gatherings at period correct. Uh, and like Lane and I happened to be down there for something. I can't remember oh, yeah. what we were doing. And we went and like, you know, there were some amazing cars out there, but we were out on the street for a while on the curb because there were three mini trucks out there and they were so rad and they were, and they yeah. were like legit. They had like the tweed interior, like what, you know, like that style. Um, I forgot what the crew's name is. And uh, they, uh, they were articulating and stuff out there too. So yeah, they were sick. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the crew's name is, but um, they're, they have a pretty decent Instagram. Um, I'll have to fucking find it again. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, there was also, there was like a, there was this like pearl orange Chevy blazer. I think it was um, the, the one of those crazy mini truck things is 
how they French the head, the tail light. They kind of like do an inset ta- or sorry, license plate, you know? Oh, right. And they, and it's tilted, you know, yeah. it's like at an angle. Yep. Such a wild move. Dude. It's a lot of work. Know, it's like very <laughs> yeah. rebellious. Yeah. Just to, to house yeah. something like that. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. um, yeah, like, um, in Bo- almost like stamped in there, right? but I guess they bondo it in or some shit. Who knows? Oh yeah, they cut the panel and then probably and then weld and do all that. And then also on this on this uh, the blazer that won, it had the the antenna was like fully Frenched in as well. And it, but it was like more than just French. It, it was like th- three inches into the body, basically. Oh, a lot of details. Yeah, really cool. So that was well deserved. And then uh, Radis Domestic. Um, There's a couple choices out there, and uh, we went with a perfectly preserved uh, Taurus SHO first gen, of course. Second gen, yeah. right? Or it was a 0.5. It was the repo. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, 0.5. But right. And uh, this one had uh, it was green on tan with a manual transmission, and it was nearly flawless. And the only flaws were honest flaws which was like the bolster was worn on the driver's seat and look you know stuff like that but other than that it was it was perfect um so that was cool to see and uh and in fact our our radisson show is domestic as well um which was something i had never seen before and uh we kind of just all of us were kind of amazed to see one in that condition too but it was a 1981 chrysler cordoba so it's a two-door, kind of like a, a Grand National competitor um, in some ways, but maybe I think it's like a little larger overall. Like I, maybe it would be more like a, I'm trying to think like what would the era. It was like a, uh, what was the Dodge that we had at Radwood NorCal? Remember the El Camino style Dodge? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was like that size. What was that? You know, you know what I'm talking about. It was the same color, blue too. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't get Fairmont out of my head, but that's Fairmont. Kind of it's like a Fairmont. It it feels yeah. like a Fox body variant. It's more like a Ford when you Fairmont look at it. kind of competitor, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, but it is a yeah. two door, and it, you know what? At first glance, because you know when he when he submitted it, I was looking at the at the rear that rear quarter window and the roof line, and I'm like, dude, is this like a Thunderbird base thing? And I'm like, oh shit, it's a Dodge. But yeah. you know, like, remember that that eighty early eighties Thunderbird was super boxy. It kind of looks like that, right? Um, like but the, it has cool details, though. Yeah, like the like the the way that uh, like the the trunk and the the rear quarter panels have like this like the divot that kind of goes along the back, and the taillights are super cool too, and like um really cool design, like super super eighties, like like I mean. I don't yeah. know. It was like, it looks like it was designed on a, in a wireframe grid, you know, like it's, it's like so basic. But. I know. And he said that, you know, the original Cordoba, my friend had one, it was from the seventies and it's just this huge, you know, just boat coupe. Um, and that was the car. I think they, they were talking about Corinthian leather. Ricardo Montalban was uh, right. advertising. And then this car came out and his son advertised it, like trying to aim towards a younger demographic. Oh, whoa. And, huh. uh, but they kept some of the key things, like there's these coins and the door panels inside that like the Cordoba coins. And, uh, they still have some like remnants of that. And, uh, they had, the wheels were really cool. Um, it was white letters out and it had this little red, white, and blue kind of like, um, you know, little, by the thing. way, my favorite part was that red, white, and blue little <laughs> thing under the rear wind. It was like, no, it was on the rear fender. Pillar, right? or, it yeah. was like just, a little yeah, plaque, the seat yeah. pillar, and it matched up with with the window line. 
I think it was the bottom of the window line. It was like a long plaque. I don't know. I'll, I'll post pictures today, but it that car and it had the it was very um, like you were saying Grand National style, but that Grand National came out way later. It did, and, and this has the you know it has these like integrated bumpers and all that stuff like all these this era of cars kind of yeah. pulled off. Um, it and it had a rad stance because you could clearly looking at it, you're like, that's a rear wheel drive car. And it had this like it had this muscle car rear wheel drive stance. Um, I it was it was pretty cool. I mean, it like the owner when he accepted the award, he's like, he said he bought it with like something crazy. How many miles? Like six thousand miles on it? Yeah, 17,000 miles or something. Seventeen thousand miles. Old, old lady had it forever yeah. and just like he got it out of the, the garage and and he uh, said he, he had, had one in high school or something. Had one in high school. Which I'm like, oh my god, yeah. dude! And it's like a car like neither of us even knew existed. Up until no. now, you know, like it's so none weird. of us uh, knew. Yeah, and yeah. he, by the way, and he's like, it's an awful car, but I love it. You know, oh so, for sure that you know because yeah. and like I think Warren even when Warren presented the award and he's like, and this uh, this smog laden, you know, whatever malaise era, like you know that thing's on a good day, it probably has a hundred. 10 horsepower i don't even right. know what it i don't even know what it's powered by i know we didn't we didn't open the hood um, some choked v8 or or is it even a v8 i asked him how many of those exist and he said two maybe He's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, i've never seen one and, yeah uh, it's just a weird weird model um anyways it was it was so unique and in great conditions this dark blue um white letters great out color. it was just a really cool time capsule kind of badass car so I yeah cordoba the the so if you want to look it up it's a 1981 cordoba ls yes whatever that means ls um, yeah but yeah. yeah i agree man that color was super nice it's a really really dark navy non-metallic blue but it, the paint looked incredible it looked like in super nice shape yeah um, i'm gonna call it one of the best in the world so well deserved. yeah i think so yeah, yeah raddest, raddest in show um, and actually, there's that car I'm looking right now on curbsideclassic.com. It has that exact car because he has a Sirius XM antenna that sticks out of the trunk. Like, I told him, like, oh, we're going to have to Photoshop that out. And he kind of laughed. But I'm hoping that was enough to push him over the edge to get rid of it. Because, come on, the car is so rad. Otherwise, uh, just this tiny little, like, um, white disc on the back of the trunk so yeah did we ever was it repainted at some point or is that a standard color or you know i forgot to ask i don't know i mean the the color is really cool though it's like a it deep totally deep kind of deep blue with a hint of purple and i don't know it was really really non-metallic it was a the really non, cool color the non-ls i guess would be the more grandpa special um they, those came with a landau roof so, and it was only a partial landau roof for that rear like c pillar area so mm -hmm. that's uh, always a great look yeah oh man with opera lights and stuff Take yeah, yeah 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 so uh, this is on wikipedia i gotta share this real quick um the cordoba and murata now had a standard six cylinder engine the 225 slant six that was while very reliable did not seem to be suitable power wise 95 horsepower for these slightly upmarket coupes <laughs> so they went they uh, replaced it with a much detuned 318 for 120 horsepower as an option um but then i guess later um they added a e58 code 360 so that's a 5.9 liter with 185 horsepower um but i don't know if um 5.9 liters 185 yeah. horsepower 
Yeah, but I don't even know if that the one that yeah that LS had that. It might have been the the weaker one twenty. Who knows? It looked but, muscular. I mean that that yeah. car's begging for a a swap, but it's but it's so nice. I don't know. I would still do it. Fuck that. Wait, wait, oh wait what a are minute. You what are you preserving with that thing? Right, right. You Here is. I know, right? Uh, here's the powertrain. Uh, with fewer than 100 cars equipped with the, the 5.9 liter, it's the E58, um, the engine option was discontinued after the 1980 model year due to low demand. So then that means that that 81 had the, the 318, 318, which is 120, 120 horsepower. horsepower yeah. So yeah. you just build a really good 318 and take off yeah. all this long shit and roll like that. Yeah. 245 foot-pounds of torque. I guess that's what kind of lugs you around. It's cool, though, man. That The stance and the, is just sinister. And, uh, yeah, it would not. Like, if you covered up the badges, you'd have no clue what it was. It would be impossible. So I would say Ford always. Like, it just screamed Ford to me. But Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, also shout-out to uh, Brendan and Marcelo who came out from – uh, NorCal and brought some friends along uh, to the show and stuff. It was great to meet all them and have Brendan and Marcelo out there as well. Um, we had some good times that night. We went to a big dinner in Greek in Greek town and um, there was a Greek festival going on. It was quite a scene. And then we did some sightseeing the next day with those guys, did a boat tour and saw Chicago. I feel like I can definitely check Chicago off the list. I'd never been, but um, that was a good trip for that. So. Yeah, me too. A lot, of, a lot of times we don't get to see these cities, or we get to see parts of them where we where we are. But this was like definitely the most we've seen a city on one of our trips. I would say. Yeah, it helped that we stayed right downtown on the water on Grant Park, and we were able to walk mm-hmm. Millennium Park, and we were our show was at Soldier Field, so it's like these iconic areas that we were kind of forced to be in. Um, a lot of times we're in the outskirts or something, but yeah, no, it was super killer. Thanks for everyone for coming out and uh, we're on to the next. So Pacific Northwest, uh, right outside of Seattle. And that's in two weeks, I think. Is that right? Two weeks? Two, three weeks? Three weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, so three, three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. Um, and that's uh, going to be a rad show at Dirtfish. Everyone who's listening should come. That's all there is to it. But uh, a lot of cool sh- stuff going on. A little extracurriculars that we haven't done before. I don't know if Art, you want to... I'll let the cat out of the bag here. Well, anything? We're having rally ride-alongs with a famous person. Oh, what? I, well, it sounded like you closed the PNW. You're like, yeah, everyone's <laughs> done. And then you went to extracurriculars. Which oh, I oh, it was kind of like that. I thought he was. I thought he was talking thought, about a different show or something like that. Oh no, I no, thought no, it right. was project car updates or something. Everyone should come a lot because of shit. we have some extra stuff going on. <laughs> Oh, yes, 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 yeah. So, yeah, Bucky, uh, LASIK, LASIK, you know, Kim. Bates, I think it's LASIK, LASIK, right? I think it's LASIK. Uh, LASIK. Uh, but, um, yeah, so he's joining us. He's going to be at the pre-Radwood hang at the shop on Saturday. Uh, details TBD on that. But um, And then he's going to come out and actually do, yeah, ride-alongs in um, a triple five period group A STI. So that's a GC8 Subaru. Uh, pretty rad. Um, and he's going to be doing that for it, the, the ride-alongs are five minutes long. It, uh, we're pretty stoked on that. That was kind of on dirt fish. Cause you know, obviously they have to maintain the facility and you know, the more you drive on it, the more work it takes to clean it up after the fact. So that they were very generous with that. And, um, so it'll be a, a fun time. We're going to obviously jump in, uh, and 
Um, it's cool to have it done in a period car. You know, this is a real rally car of the era. Uh, it's not a Colin McRae car or anything like that. It's um, This is basically a notch under the, w, the WRC cars of the era, but it's still a legit rally car. Um, and it's a GC8, right? GC8 yeah. yeah, it's that Subaru Rally Blue with the yellow triple five graphics. Uh, it's a dog box. It's pretty cool, too. Um, but yeah, that's that's really, really exciting. I can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be awesome to see that thing moving and jump, humping, yumping. <laughs> Is that what they call it? Yumping. Yeah, because this, yeah, it's one thing to be, even if you're not getting a ride along, it's still a spectacle, right? The exactly. Car out there exactly. hauling ass and um, people can still spectate. So there's going to be an area for that, which is fun. I love it. Yeah. And I'll be there the weekend before at uh, Dirtfish's Summerfest, which is sort of an open house rally show extravaganza. So uh, any anyone that's going to that, come out and say hi, holler. Um, but yeah, so we're moving on to that. And uh, tickets are obviously on sale and uh, on sale for Austin in October, as well as we are now accepting submissions to Greenwich, our event at Greenwich, which is like a royalty only uh, 50 car display. But um, if you want to submit your car to be shown there, it's Greenwich at radwood.com. And then we will send you ticketing information if accepted. So um, yeah, fire away there. And then um, NorCal, or I'm sorry, SoCal after that in November. And it's all rolling. It's all happening. And uh, you should check out radforsale.com. We have a very cool motorcycle auction that's ending soon. I think when you hear this, you'll have a few more days to check it out. But um, some really cool stuff coming down the pipes. Uh, we have a sailing Mustang and... Um, what else? What else? That's a SM uh, 95, right? Same yeah. Name. Yeah. White yeah. with the yellow graphics. Super cool. Looking. I think it's white with black. Is it? Oh, is it black? I thought it had the yellow and black. Maybe or something. It might. Yeah, it might. Uh, but it, it's uh, but a really important uh, tidbit here. You have to add that it was autographed by uh, Mr. Uh, is it Steve Saley? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, he's so, still alive. Okay, yeah. So, so that doesn't it doesn't count as much as the Shelby. Uh, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Or autographs. Although yeah, sig- I guess- it's rare to have a car without a Shelby signature, isn't that? Right. That's what they say. Yeah. That's yeah. So say. this thing's like autographed. Like he autographed the um, the actual um, Monroney because you know Celine made their own cars and th- you know they're like a so they have they're like a roof, Monroney. huh? They're like a roof, yeah. So that's autographed. There's autographs under the hood too, like in the engine bay in a few places. So I think it might have been the guy who built the motor and also Steve Celine. And then um on the dashboard, of course, too, the glove box has got to be signed. Um, but yeah, that that's that's a good looking car. I mean, it's white on white, which is sick, you know, the white wheels. Um, and I gotta admit, I'm not a big fan of the SN95. I prefer like the new edge look, um, but um it looks killer in like Celine trim, you know, with the, with the white on white and the graphics and stuff, it really kind of, it helps the car a lot. Uh, the, the headlights are different and all that stuff. So I totally agree. It's one of those cars where I look at them like, if I was going to do a Mustang like that, that's the one I would want. So it's, it's cool. Yeah. yeah so radforsale.com, check it out. And there's also uh, some cool blog posts um, on there as well. So good variety and uh, those are going up all the time. So Come check it out, and there's more yeah. to come. We we can also say on here uh, that uh, that motorcycle it's a VFR 750F, which is a badass little you know sport bike. It's a sport tour, I guess, but you know similar to the one that we had before, gear driven cams, you know high revving, 
Uh, it's a one-year-only color combination of pearl white with white wheels, but that is Mike Musto's motorcycle. Um, so, you know, Mike Musto of uh, big muscle fame and all that stuff he rides for a bunch of people. Uh, he is the one selling it on the site. So it's a very well cared for bike. A friend he's of the DWA podcast too. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's a good bud and he's a huge Radwood era fan. And he's also super meticulous with all of his cars. So uh, I imagine that applies here. Obviously, we do know that it had a ton of maintenance done in the last 500 miles and everything. So, and he's been driving it key. Front, hasn't just been sitting, he's been using it and enjoying it. So, yeah, yeah it's very cool. Um, cool. So, yeah, radforsale.com. And um, do you want to do a couple of project car updates? Um, I do want to say one thing about Rad for Sale. Please oh, yeah. submit cars, man. If you've got cool shit, that you like, send it over. <laughs> like, it's, it's what, of course, yeah, we got stuff listed, you know, and we have a blog and everything, as we mentioned, but, you know, we can always use more, more inventory. So, if you've got something that fits the bill, you know, 1980 to 99, um, it, we're, it doesn't have to be pristine, rare stuff. I mean, it, it, obviously, submit it and we can talk, but um, we're looking for motorcycles. We're looking for cool memorabilia of the era. Um, you know, we're looking at somebody submitted a pretty cool, rare uh, pedal car that we're potentially going to list. We're talking to them now, like stuff like that um, is, is uh, of interest. So please yeah. uh, do submit it. Yeah, we do get a lot of people saying, ah, my car, you know, it's not good enough or something, but um, we're willing to work with you depending on the car. So can't hurt to submit um, and we'd love to see it all. So yeah, if you have a 1981 Chrysler Cordoba, you know, mm. I'm looking at pictures yeah. of one, one now and someone made it into a Superbird. They, they covered the, the nose with like some cap and put a big wing on one. It's like, oh. Whoa. Wow. It was a really rad one. It was a 1980 Dodge Murata Magnum Concept. And it's got it, that car, but taken to the next level. I'm going to send you guys this. It's really cool. Murata um, Magnum. So project car updates. I'll go really quick because I've been meaning to say this for like three weeks. But uh, so E30 uh during the rally i had some issues like nothing major but wheel bearing uh, i thought was kind of going out and uh discovered that my fan was hitting the shroud i wasn't really sure why well i took it in uh to my buddy sean and he discovered that all the motor mounts and transmission mounts were blown out um completely and the car was in a shop prior to the 2020 coastal range rally and that did not have that issue so uh that was what happened. So all the mounts were blown. It caused the motor to shift slightly. And that was why the fan was hitting the shroud. So new shroud, fan was okay. New mounts all around. Um, and then yes, the right front wheel bearing was bad. So new wheel bearing and then uh, oil change and some other little stuff. So um, anyhow, that was, that was why the E30 went in. It's back now. Just passed smog yesterday, which is another super exciting thing um the guy said usually when these cars come in e30s mm -hmm. or just that variety of bmw he dreads it but my car runs super clean wow nice compliment so, yeah i mean shit that, that means your car is very healthy dude and you always downplay it like oh it's got a million miles i know dude it is super high mileage but um i'll just say it as a fresh cat every smog so there you go um and mighty max uh, news two updates um it has this funky intermittent surging idle and it's really annoying it kind of comes and goes and i think it's the, the throttle body but i'm not sure i did a bunch of research and then i talked to actually uh brad desantis who's a mitsubishi guy and kind of ran it 
by him and uh, came to the conclusion that it's probably the uh, uh, the throttle position sensor, which sits on the throttle body. And uh, they're about a hundred bucks, ninety dollars or something. And I was kind of hesitant. But what happened is I could unplug that, and the idle would smooth out. It would go high, but it wouldn't surge any longer. So I'm like, all right, that's got to be it. New one in there, same problem. So um, it probably needs a throttle body, and it's three hundred bucks or more. Dude, just leave it. It doesn't even hurt the way the car runs, right? No, it's horrible. I mean, it, you let the well, it, it's it goes like this. But that doesn't. 3,000 RPM. So if I let the clutch out and it's mid surge, it like chirps the tires. Uh, if it's so I can't stop it from revving to 3,000. No, I I understand. I, I had a 944 that would do that a lot, um, like intermittently as well. Um, yeah, I just kind of drove it that way. But, it used to uh, be very intermittent, and now it's stuck this way. So the last three times I've driven it, it is not good. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a, that's a bummer because obviously 90 bucks out um, and I'll have to see about the throttle body. I did mention to my gardener, my hedge fund manager, uh, Roberto, that I was thinking of selling it because he had asked a long time ago, actually one of his, his guys asked me mm -hmm. and he's super interested. And I mean, I'm probably gonna go that direction but I don't wanna give it to him with this problem. Um, and yeah, so there's that. Um, and then the other thing is I think it needs a starter. I'm not sure, but it's also had this weird starting issue. It's never not started, but it's just like, it doesn't sound good. Um, I'm 75% yeah, sure it needs a starter. Like the starter sounds bad or? Yeah, you should hear it. I'll have to, hmm. you'd, you'd be like, holy Can't shit, wait. what is that? Yeah, I know. Huh. We'll spend a good, we'll spend a couple of days. <laughs> okay, cool. Dude, well, I think what you need to do is you need to you need to give the guy a number that, and if he's happy with that number, then you go and spend that money, right? You sell it as a fixed truck. <laughs> I mean, with with the new yeah, starter. I mean, I told um, him I said fifteen hundred bucks, and he's like, okay, you know. So okay. he he just wants another truck and something like light duty because he's he's got two like full size Chevys and uh, mm. he doesn't always need Unbelievable, that. Unbelievable, dude! I'm just just inflation right now in my head is fucking me dude like $1,500 for that truck is just seems like so much money right <laughs> dude find a running truck for less than uh, I, that's the thing right that's that's what's up right that's just know. what's happening now like I remember you know we all remember buying cars for 500 bucks right 300 bucks something yeah, yeah. I know um, it's just yeah it's wild it is um, it is wild but yeah I don't, I'll, I'll have to fix it unfortunately and it's going to mean putting some money into it and it's a little bit of a you know shot in the dark because I can't diagnose it fully, but there's only so many things it could be. Um, and it's had an issue with that throttle body before I took it apart and, and cleaned it. And, um, so I might have to do that again, which I'm not excited for, but it's not a bad job. It's, it's right on top and it yeah. all comes apart, but you know, just one. I don't understand what, what, so is it like, because I mean, it sounds like a vacuum leak, right. Or like, or the yeah. throttle body the spring that closes the plate isn't I, like i think there's something? a little a, a little gear inside a plastic gear and that has gotten gummed up or something and so it's like trying mm. to open and it can't open fully or i'm not sure exactly or close yeah or something yeah, or close, yeah. and so i thought mm. by when i unplugged the throttle position sensor it steadies out it's too high it idles way too high but it doesn't surge anymore so if you're listening and you're like i know what the hell's going on uh write me or holler 
Yeah, it almost sounds like it's like it, it could be two things, right? It's like you because there is some there, it, it's it's a fuel injected, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like trying to compensate because it's like it's it's letting in too much air, so then it idles higher, and then it's trying to bring the idle back down, and so it's like this bouncing back and forth. So, as you said, the throttle position sensor steadied it, but now you have the yeah, it's like. Um, you know, isn't the throttle position fuck? sensor didn't do anything, but when I unplug it, it will idle steadily. When I plug the okay, throttle position some... sensor back in, it does the same surging. I'm just impressed that that thing's fuel injected. So. 95. That's where I'm at. I know. I don't, I, and I also forget that it's a 95. I, I, it feels like it's an 85. <laughs> I mean, that so. existed at the same time as an McLaren F1. Yeah, oh, I, I, I realize this. They're pretty close. Too. Same three technology, seaters, right? <laughs> three seaters, no sway bars. Huh? Um, uh, and it has a McLaren badge on the back, the sticker. That's right. That's right. The same thing. Um, yeah, so... Both have shitty air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no air conditioning on mine. Both are, both are select tops. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. That's uh, I'm, I'm leaning towards just doing something different in the uh, truck department anyways. And um, it's, it's all good. So we'll see what happens with that. People are gonna really be pissed about this. I know it's a. There's most, a few like solid fans of that car. I think it's the most famous Mighty Max on the internet too, which is oh for sure. Well, maybe other than like non mini truck Mighty Max, but yeah. I don't know, dude. I bet if you type in Mighty Max on YouTube right now, it's the number one video. Probably, I think it's up there for sure. I think last time I checked, it was doing well. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else, anything else on the agenda here for Project Car Updates, but not really. You guys have anything? I know, Lane, you were working on your E36. Did anything happen well, with that? Well, when you say we, I was working, yeah, I gave up. Um, I yeah, stopped no. working on it. I handed it over to our friend Nick. He started working on it. I believe he tore it apart. You have to, like, basically it has, for the, the ignition housing, it has these, like, these bolts that when they put them on from the factory, they shear the heads off. So they're kind of tamper proof basically. Yep. So you have to use a chisel to like get that thing. It's a whole, whole thing. Uh, but he took it apart and then he couldn't get the tumbler out because it's broken inside. So you had to drill it out. And then that means that I had to order a tumbler from BMW because it has to be in us. It's tied into the VIN. It's code. coded. Yeah. It's coded. So you have to like show, you know, whatever proof of ownership and da 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 and all this stuff. A lot of da da da. It's a whole thing, dude. And anyways, our our buddy Mike Hayworth, I called him up. He's the manager at BMW of Monterey, and uh, he has one on order for me. Should be here probably today or something. Uh, and then I'm just gonna have him ship it to me here, and then hopefully that'll fix it. Cool. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. It's pretty fun, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's your dream car, so you want to keep it going. Exactly. Or is teal over tan? Yeah, teal over tan. <laughs> that's <laughs> your new Instagram name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Uh, uh, so I did a quick search on YouTube here. I typed Mighty Max truck because, you know, there's a lot of other Mighty Max shit. So um, as far as I can tell, 149,000 views on Mitsubishi um, <laughs> Mighty Max is the, um, so guess what so there's a bunch of 18,000 view ones there's a bunch of 8,000 3, 4, 25,000 even 
But guess what the second place Mighty Max video is for views? Oh, uh, 50,000. I was going to say 25. 145, bro. He's catching Whoa. up. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Dude, I'm surprised we have that many. I, I swear no, no. last time I looked, it was like 99. Yeah, it's at 149 right now. Jeez, dude, um, that thing keeps getting plays. Warren, you're uh, famous, dude. Maybe it's worth keeping and uh, bringing it back. Do you think Mitsubishi has like a classiche uh, restoration? Oh, there you go. That's the one way to approach it. Yeah, dude. What do they like, call uh, that? Yeah. Reach out, man. I know. I can't hurt the house. <laughs> Mitsubishi. Um, <laughs> dude, um, <laughs> yeah, like the Supras now. They do the uh, Skylines that Nissan does. You know, so I mean, yeah, Mitsubishi needs to step up their game and start doing Mighty Maxes. Um, like can we get can we get Mitsubishi to be like a, a headline sponsor at Radwood, and that could be there a big go. project? Like, to they can do like Honda, like Acura did with that SLX thing. That's like, oh, like right. modern powertrain in with that, RDX. and then yeah, and then we can get a fifteen fifty two to make some wheels that look like the wheels, and <laughs> you know, do the whole thing. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, but but the, here's the stipulation, Warren. Um, they have to call it an eclipse. Uh, <laughs> and what are they going to do about the tweaker uh, holes down on the floor where they tried to cut the floor open to fix the clutch? No, well, oh, see, that's what that that's what happened. That's what um, when um, something happens that you just are not allowed to know. It's kind of like when they rebuild a race car around a VIN, but it's not the same car anymore. So right. they basically slap your VIN on a new truck, and uh, you know, it's a, they have a new floor pan, you know, and everything, and. Um, and you, just, you would you would uh, you would get you get, you would get it delivered kind of um uh what's the the play uh, triple x or no mdmx what <laughs> <laughs> dmx the rapper what do you <laughs> dmx <laughs> yeah yeah what you want to be a player your wheels ain't fly you gotta yeah. hit us pimp that pimp my ride so oh, pimp yeah, my ride. X exhibit X to the Z. Yeah, they deliver it DMX my ride style. exhibit <laughs> dmx <laughs> dmx exhibit dude uh, so I, I uh i have to throw this in here real quick so i i listened to it um uh, it was a show on npr it might have been but it was a documentary on one of the guys that worked um behind the scenes on pimp my ride and he was a, a mexican immigrant it was an illegal mexican immigrant and that's what and that was kind of the whole story is that most of the guys that worked on the cars were illegal like Mexicans and South Americans and they didn't get any credit for any of the work or whatever. And like, so when they would do any, they would do some work, they would move the guys out of the way. And then like someone else would step in to actually do the work. Like if they were, you know, sanding a fucking panel or whatever. And so it's kind of, you know, something that I had no idea was happening, but you know, no. it makes sense, I guess, but um, kind of interesting um, deep cut on pit my ride. I'm not shocked to hear that, but that is a deep cut. Yeah. 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 Seems Lane's like, I don't know. I'm not surprised about the work. But what were you gonna say? Oh, I just think that's like standard issue, right? With shows and like, like television production. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, like you think uh, on the on these house shows that like that dude is doing all the work. You know. Yeah. That's what yeah. I said last time, and I got a lot of flack from someone on the show when I was talking about Gas Monkey. I thought no, but that was on that one, and I argue about that one because I think that one is a legit. They are a real shop, and that's what they. These are the cars they do. But anyways, yeah. Uh, is it that time? Yeah. Uh, yeah, time. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, it's it's the time for a little what have yous or what did you call it? Side excursions or. <laughs> Well, um, hey, how you doing? 
<laughs> so forth. Bit of a how's your father? Oh, expected track. Um, I saw a, a, a list here of Jay Leno's vehicle collection. Um, how many cars does he have currently? Well, it's, this is from April. Obviously, things fluctuate, but it's fairly fairly recent. You might have asked this question a few years ago. I think I probably did, but this is not my only question. Yeah. And I have, no, I have no idea what we said uh, yesterday, let alone. Yeah, exactly. TikTok brain over here. Hey, I, have, uh, I have a good memory, just not for little details. <laughs> as good as your calendar skills. I know that. So uh, uh, here's a little... Geez. a little. Uh, I, I apologize for this, but here's a little added trivia to this to add another layer. Um, so Jay Leno famously never sells any of his cars, right? Like he doesn't sell any of his cars. He's, he's selling his right Tesla now. Model S. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only car he's selling. I think he's um, selling another car too. Ah, I can't remember, but I thought I thought he was selling something else as well. That's surprising. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was like one of his trademarks. Like he keeps everything. Well, he does have a few uh, cars in his collection. I'm like, why do you have that? And when do you drive uh, it? You know, fuck, I don't know, dude. Uh, 375 is a number. How's that? Mm. 375 from Mark. I'm gonna say 220. 220. All right, you guys are over, but uh, 181 cars and 160 motorcycles. Oh, oh man, vehicles. you know what? My number was 180, and then Art said three, whatever, 5,000. So I was lame. like, oh, I'll step it up to 220. All right, <laughs> you gotta yeah. go with your heart. Um, yeah. Here is a question for you. Um, how many Porsches are part of the collection? Oh, I don't think he hasn't had that many. Oh, he has a car GT S three three six. Keep listing them, Lane. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say four. I'm gonna say eight. The answer is three. Whoa, hundred and eighty-one cars. Yeah. He has three Porsches, and those are as soon as I can get to it. 356, uh, a Carrera GT, and what else? He's got a 356A Outlaw, um, and it appears to be a Speedster. Um, a 63-356 Carrera 2, which is a beauty, oh. and a Carrera GT. Um, mm. And I think he has over twice that in steam cars. So you can see where his uh, <laughs> yeah. his love of cars. He's and he has a lot of a lot of Corvettes too, and Duesenbergs and uh, big like brass air pre war stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But then he has like a a Tata Nano, twenty twelve Tata Nano, um, Whoa. and uh, like the first um, Chevy uh, Volt, I believe, and mm -hmm. things like that. You know, he's got some weird typical cars but he's got the first one you know stuff like so that. the ta the tata nano wasn't that the cheapest car in the world maybe that's why he got it yeah and it was also supposed to be sort of this uh first of these really cheap um kind of going back to basic transportation uh, emerging market stuff so mm -hmm. for whatever they reason, had to have, they had to have given it to him right oh you're probably right yeah i would imagine that would be smart by them but uh, quite a few steam cars, um, and he has a jet bike and some other stuff. So, uh, yeah, and they say, this is um, an article on DuPont Registry, but what is his favorite car? 
McLaren F1. That was going to be my answer. Yeah, that's his most expensive car, um, and he does like McLarens a lot. I think he's got a couple, and he's a big um, Gordon Murray fan. But no, that is not what they listed. Uh, VW Bug. <laughs> it's got to be some crazy steam shit, right? Uh, well, yeah, he's into big, like fancy luxury cars of the era, right? So oh, he's always into okay. like Duesenbergs, Bugattis, um, stuff like that. But Lane, do you have a guess? Care to wager? I mean, I made one guess. Uh, I, a 59 Cadillac. I don't know. Yeah, closer to that. Uh, 1972 Mercedes Benz 600. So that's the big Yeah, yeah. Pullman. Uh, yeah, Pullman style. He loves those. And then he added, I believe he added a supercharger to his to produce like over 500 horsepower. So kind of was the ultimate iteration of that complex uh, dominating car. So there you go. A little wow. guy who's a much better car person than he is a comedian. You heard that? You think so? That's right. You're making that statement right now, right? I will um, stand by that statement. For people me. love him as a comedian. Like, I, I don't know. I've never listened. I've never listened to a stand-up, but uh, it's a lot so, of like respected comedians, like like really talk about how great he was back in the day when he was coming up you know? oh yeah when he was coming up he, he, like before uh, the tonight show and all that you know early 80s handled. late 70s yeah not but bad. i've never listened to any of it so i don't think I, he ever. i listened to one uh and it was an it was i think it was an early 80s one and it was very wholesome but it was you know i got some some good chuckles out of it like um yeah. uh he, he He's because uh, that's also one of his things, right? He doesn't curse or swear or whatever. So he's like, clean. He works clean. But I, I'm not saying he's a bad comedian. I'm just saying he's a much better car person. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I feel you, man. Um, I also was distracted um, because uh, I got a text right now asking if we if we would be interested in driving a Gla 45. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, and they also have a GL, GLE 63S. Oh, I want that. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Um, like those. Can we get both at the same time? Yeah, that would be fun. Um, all right. That would be fun, mates. All right. That's a podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Um, anything else you want to add? That's well, it. Well. That's it. And that's all. Okay. That's all, folks. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. Bye.